0: The Women in Agile podcast series amplifies the voices of outstanding women in the Agile community. We are dedicated to sharing the wisdom and inspiration our community has to offer by telling our stories, being thought leaders, and having open conversations with our allies. This series is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile organization and Accenture Solutions IQ. Hey
1: everyone, Natalie Warnert here, the President and Executive Director of Women in Agile Org. I wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. We're thrilled to have this as a platform to showcase the wisdom of our community. We'd love to get your help to amplify the reach of the series by asking you to go over to iTunes in order to rate and review us. After you're done, take a screenshot of your rating and review. Then post a screenshot to Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn and tag hashtag Women in Agile. If you do this, we'll not only reshare your post, but also add you to a monthly drawing to receive a Women in Nagel goodie bag filled with Wea stickers and other treats. Thanks for listening.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. Uh, Leslie Morse here again, and I am very honored to be chatting with a prior colleague and friend of mine. You're not a prior friend, Alia. You are a friend. Uh, Alia DeAngelis. Uh, Alia is a corporate and human systems anthropologist and intellectual wanderer. I do love that phrase. (laughs) So if you get the chance to work with her, you may encounter her as a value stream architect or maybe an organizational transformation coach. And if that isn't enough, she is also a recognized thought leader in DevOps. So Alia, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much. I'm excited to to be a part of this great podcast. Yeah. And my I don't know about you, but like I've kind of got goosebumps a little bit, Mm -hmm. just like the energy in our prep conversation already before we started recording, I'm really excited for this topic. Um, But before we get into it, just tell us like, how did you find Agile? Did it find you? What was that journey like?
1: Yeah, um, a little bit of both. Mostly I was very tired of task and track and command and control. It just didn't really fit with my nature. I don't like telling people what to do, even my kid. So I happened to um, be, I got scrum training very briefly, and then I happened to be scooped up by a company who was teaching something called DSDM, uh, Dynamic Systems Development Method, which is a true shift left and is really the fundamentals of the DevOps process. And so, and I loved it, just completely fell in love with getting, uh, like, squishing out the goodness of human capability, which is what DSDM was all about. And I fell in love with working with people again and agile. So that's, that's how it happened. Kind of a a double date, so to speak.
0: That's cool. And you use the phrase shift left. Mm. And I am going, I'm taking a deep breath because I think I'm getting ready to admit something that I'm not entirely sure I want to admit publicly. Um, what I got formally introduced to Agile in 2009, 2010. I didn't actually learn the phrase shift left until March or April of this year. I don't oh. know how I didn't know that phrase, but I'm just going to make an assumption that if that was a new concept for me, it might be a new concept for others. So can you just tell us what shift left is? means and why it's important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm going to use a quick like kitchen metaphor. If I have to have the food, like my main course on the table right after my appetizer, I want to shift left my sauce cooking to maybe start when I do my appetizer so that it comes out on time. So shift left is taking that stuff that you would accidentally as a novice chef, you might leave it to the very end and like, oh, crap. I should have started that earlier, right? How many times have you been making dinner? You're like, oh, snap, that is not going to be ready on time. Yeah, It's the same with software development. So you want to shift that left, meaning uh, closer to where you begin. So you might take infrastructure who needs to order servers. You might take the DevOps people, which for those who are listening to DevOps, I know that that's not a job. Please don't get mad at me. But you might take your release and deploy folks and, and, Put them at the beginning of the conversations to the left. If we're left to right, we're not reading yeah. in Hebrew. And we want to include them then. That is shift left. Let's start earlier in the process, the discussions with people who you'd usually leave at the end. Just because your dessert doesn't mean that I shouldn't plate the dessert beforehand so that I don't like.
0: And, but you don't want to do it too soon and it melts. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing. That's shift left. Yeah. And, and I learned it in the context of testing. You want to shift yeah. left all of those testing activities as far as possible.
1: Yep.
0: Um, so thank and, you for yep. that slight diversion, just because I was like, that was new to me before. It yeah. might be new to others.
1: Yeah. No, I love but, shift left. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and it's like, I found myself thinking about that concept in so many other ways, like what all yeah. needs to shift left Yep. in um, the, in the cooking explanation <laughs> is a great way to frame it. Since sort of discovering this whole Agile thing, Alia, what would you say as a female in this industry and then observing the role of women in this industry, Mm -hmm. what has that whole experience been like?
1: Oh my gosh, so hard. Mm. So hard. Because it's been a good 25 years in engineering. And I don't write code, but I'm dangerous. And being a smart woman who is expected to be vocal, right? Agility tells you to speak up. It expects me to speak up. And boy, has that been hard. I've had really, um, I've had really hard things said to me, like, does your boyfriend know you speak like this? Or um, are you on your cycle? You know, things like that, which are very, very hard to, to navigate. Um, And so Yeah, that's been a, that's been really hard. And I've watched other women get in the way of themselves um, where they don't dare to speak up or they're a little bit too grouchy. So their, uh, their intuition is right. And their message gets messed up in their messaging, right? Two different things. How did I message it? Because we're so anxious about speaking. Um, so we get too strong or too angry or too nutty. And then we, um. People can't hear the message and frankly we're dead on. Like we're actually right. Yeah. They can't hear you because the way
0: you're speaking. Yeah. So you have to walk that line of tone policing in that as well. Yeah. Which is a new thing for me as well. Yeah. In this age of right, more awareness around social injustice. And like that wasn't even a phrase that was in my vocabulary months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you with all of those difficult times and things you've experienced and things you've witnessed? What, what do you think some of the most profound shifts have been and how would you classify the state of women in Agile right now?
1: I think the state of women in Agile right now is it's asking us for more. It's saying it's not enough to say hashtag me too or please include me. It's asking us to step in. And I have like allies, like these men will create a space for me to speak in a different and new way. And they give me the eyeballs, like, you can do this. It's okay. And it scares the snap out of me, right? Like, oh my goodness. But I'm seeing these allies saying, no, I want more. Be your best self. And I'm like, I only do that in the shower when I'm singing, (laughs) you know, so that's kind of the shift I'm seeing now. Yeah space created. And we're like, I don't even know what to do with this. Like it's Christmas. I don't, I don't know what to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's almost so different than the way we often create space for others that actually marginalizes us. Correct. Which is sort of the whole point of you coming and joining me for this conversation Mm -hmm. today Mm -hmm. and this metaphor of sharp elbows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I, I, as we'll unpack it's that creating space for yourself and holding space for others right. but i'm going to just hit you hard here alia at the beginning oh gosh and i'm even i just used the phrase hit you hard in context of nonviolent communication which is a, one of my my edges that i'm working on um i'm going to interrupt you quickly sometimes we have to hit the
1: shell of a nut hard to allow it to crack open so how i hear you say that is I'm going to let you open and I'm going to give you the impetus to mm. open wide
0: which right? is absolutely the spirit of it Alia. Right. Thank you for yeah. hearing that come through. Yeah. But but with that, right? It's so yeah. easy to not hear it that way. And oh, when yes. I think about sharp elbows, I I think of oh my gosh, Black Friday shopping mm-hmm. before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. This year is going to be so different. People won't be able to get in the same space and use sharp <laughs> elbows. Because that's what I think of. Like I'm in, yeah. I'm in there with the crowd trying to get that thing that's on Black Friday special, they only have three yeah. of, and I've got to throw some sharp elbows for it. So, yeah. how when you use this metaphor, um, how do you use it in a way that it reads from a generative, nonviolent place versus that kind of women caddy? Cat fight sort of right. thing that it could easily become. Tell us right. about this
1: that we love to to make as a cartoon, right? Maybe mm-hmm. real Housewives of the the whatever, where we're sharp, not just sharp elbows, but some razors, and it's a caricature, and we're like, ha ha ha, yeah, that, and that's not generative feminine. I don't, I no. don't need feminine to show up that way, and we as a people don't need the the feminine to show up that way. So how how does that look? So interestingly, I was um, in my youth. I traveled alone in the Middle East. I just backpacked a little backpack, some tennis shoes tied to the back. And I learned very quickly that women traveling alone in the Middle East um, were seen as a target for sure. And you would kind of get uh, felt up and groped because you were a target, right? And I learned that what I needed to do was hold my arms out with my elbows out and if you since you can't see me, it might look like I'm doing a wall push-up, right? I'm doing a wall push-up, yeah. and I'm creating space and my elbows are out. And what was interesting is those who are maybe a little more aggressive would bump into my elbow and go ow, And I'd say, then don't, I spoke some Arabic. I'd say, then stay away from my elbow. Like it's right, right there. It's out there. So you have the option of bumping into my elbow. I have a boundary. But what was interesting is just that action alone, people would part around me and give me space. They had choice,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? I'm not you were doing.
0: giving a visual signal of the boundary.
1: That's correct. I didn't throw elbows, which by the way, if anyone's interested, go to Urban Dictionary and look up elbows and there's like multiple metaphors. Throwing <laughs> an elbow, elbow room, sharp elbows, razor elbows. There's so many who knew. I'm not doing all of those. I'm having good boundaries that I'm creating space for myself. And you have a choice. If you want to bump into my elbow, knock yourself out.
0: Yeah. Although I do in my head now, almost picture the little swinnies that kids get, (laughs) right? It's like, it's the sharp elbows, but in this, there's a softer sense of what's possible in it as well. And there's a forgiveness in the need to do this work. Yeah. Why, why this, why this metaphor? Why, why this topic for you? Yes. So I'm
1: always pushing myself forward to kind of the next level. I kind of sense into it. That's just how I've always been. I think, you know, my grandmother went back to junior college at the age of 72. So I I expect that I'll be doing that kind of stuff till I die. I just can't see myself settling down. So I'm asking myself to kind of go to the next level. And I am acutely aware, right, wrong, or indifferent, there is a glass ceiling. We're all working through it, whatever. But i'm a woman i'm in a female body and i'm i'm very feminine um i can be masculine as well but i'm very feminine and so what happens is i either get in my own way by buying into the messages about what a woman can and cannot do other women might get uh kind of do a bit of a smackdown women aren't supposed to do this and sometimes males will do it. Men will as well. And so I'm finally I ran into, I was, I've was i been running into some roadblocks, called a good friend of mine because I could tell there was a gender situation. I said, hey, what do I do? What's going on? He's seen me work. And he goes, oh, yeah. And by the way, he's Southern. I would never have expected him to say this. You need sharp elbows. And I was like, what? No, I hate that. Women who have sharp elbows, I just can't admire them. They're like pushy and they're so Kardashian and whatever. And he goes, no, 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 no. I've seen you work. You, you need sharp elbows. And I was like, I don't think I can do that. He's like, but you've got to. And it, it was funny to have a, uh, the masculine who is not my son or my brother, but he feels like a brother to me, but a colleague going, No, you can dude, no, you I've seen you. And you need to have sharp bubbles. And I was like,
0: Oh, I'm gonna go work on this. I hate this. And he was just laughed at me. What what did what did you notice within you when you heard that phrase? Like, where is that tension point of? I don't want it.
1: Yeah, it's really all over in my sides and um, in my head. Like, I feel I shameful. I feel wrong. I feel. Um, no, you get small. You don't. You don't get big like that. You don't take
0: that space. That's so interesting. That, that is a a description of a feeling I, I imagine that can resonate with so many listeners and what what is that phrase or that thing that makes you feel that way yeah is probably looking for that sort of whole body sensation as a place that probably tells you you actually might need sharp elbows
1: yeah it's physical yeah i need to breathe and open And I can't because I'm not supposed to, because I'm a woman and that's not graceful. It's not attractive. It's not okay. Um, And so, yeah, all of those messages about not playing small, like it's, I have a very high IQ, it's not my fault. Like I literally didn't ask for it, right? And I've had men say, you know, men don't like it when women talk to them the way you do, or, you know, you're too smart. And I'm like, I, can, yeah. I don't mean to,
0: dude. Like, I got, like, my eyes are green-blue. Like, I got bored with that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can identify with that. I did a how leadership you? development program once. And the the main takeaway of feedback was, Leslie, you're really smart, but you need to work on your weekend language. <laughs> and, I, and, and I and my response was, this is how I talk on the weekend. Like, I don't know how not to talk and use words like this. Like um, stable, sorry. And it does. It made me feel like they wanted me to be smaller. It's small. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, such
1: a theme right now, right? As we're looking at diversity and inclusion and in, you know, how do we all, but how do we all breathe and take up space? Is there enough room for
0: everybody? Oh, hold on. So, yes, That's ma'am. important, yeah. right? How do we all breathe and take up the space? And is yeah. there enough? It's this... And it's so poignant for the time in this world we're living, that difference between a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. Yeah. So like, I just want people to hear like, that is, that is a piece here. If I breathe and take up space,
1: does it take something from you? Does it diminish your light? No. And if it does, then I've done something slightly wrong, right? Right.
0: Mm. Can oh, we so important. co-light? Yeah.
1: Can we co-light? I had a boss once who he was so much about fairness, who's above whom, this scarcity mentality. And I would go in my one-on-ones, first of all, sick to my stomach. And second of all, I would just hold the energy of there's enough air. We can all breathe. There's enough air. Yeah. When he when I did that consistently. He relaxed more and that was interesting, but it was all I could do because he was so
0: much about the scarcity piece. And is there enough space? And what about sharp elbows and holding space allows you, because there's nuance in doing it in the way that is generative versus consumptive. Right. Right. Um,
1: Some of it, and I want to back up a second. Some of those sharp elbows are the ghosts of Christmas past, right? Little Ebenezer Scrooge, and they come in, and they—they're not even like, you know, my mother's messaging or religion's messaging or the things that I've been taught. It's stuff about all of the enculturation around what it means to take up space who gets privileged to take up space who doesn't how much you know it, it can even go into food but i'm elbowing out those ghosts of christmas past saying no no now is the time so sometimes that's like you know all right stop it i got this space and how do we make it generative well sometimes um let's think of it like this so we're on a roller coaster. Right. And this is a little bit of a roller coaster time between COVID and all of the, the changing social rules, right? So what do we do? So you, you get into a roller coaster and they say, keep your arms in the ride, right? You can do this for those who can't see me. I've got my arms in the in the air, think of me going, Woo, woo arms are up and I have space, right? It's it's awareness around what's around me. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I don't tap. Like if my, my son who I adore might be riding the the roller coaster with me. He's six foot two, he's a big boy, and I may say, Hey baby, can you please scooch over? I want a little I want a little more room for me. So it's being able to to ask in a way that's generative to say, Hey, I I, I need some space here. Maybe
0: we could make a bigger circle. Yeah. Right. again that physical thing. And it's giving yourself the permission to do that. Correct. Right. Yeah.
1: And to let other people know, you know, I'm not gonna ask you permission, but hey, let's all just take a little more space cause I'm gonna breathe. Cause I've been lying to you. Ooh. I'm bigger than I was. And I'm sorry about that. I played small.
0: I've been lying. That, that's, a, that's a big verb. I've been lying <laughs> to you. Yeah. Like few number of letters. Yeah. Big word.
1: Yeah, but I did, right? Let's say that I pretended that I didn't really know all this stuff that I know to you. It's a lie.
0: Yeah.
1: And you wouldn't know it. And a longing, there would be a longing in you and a distrust in you after talking to me. Yeah. Because you knew there was
0: more. Yeah. And that is an interesting thing to point to Alia because that is part of how sharp elbows not only gives your space for you, but it is about holding space for others. Correct. Because when you sense that, and we all, and it shows up for every one of us different, but when you sense that that woman across the table from you is lying, mm-hmm. potentially even to herself, <laughs> Yeah. that you sense in her that greater potential and that greater power and that greater light, sometimes you've got to create that space for her. Right so that you both glow.
1: By me creating elbows and space for me, it gives her tacit permission to do so. Yeah. I wanna pause on that because it is, we are often leaders and watched as the feminine and as women, right? We're watched. And what's important is we're an example. My son, and I, I talk about him all the time, and he's—we were he was raised by me, single mom, different way, and he'll say, you know, mama, when you do these things, because uh, I've had a problem with letting people take advantage of me, when you let people do this, you're teaching me it's okay. Do you really want me to learn that lesson? Because I got that from you, mom, and I, I can't kick it. I, you've got to do something different. And he's not doing it in a guilt way, but he's saying we, we're co-creating this world that you and I are living in, Mama. And I'm learning from you. And the feminine is that great teacher of what could be. What are the possibilities? And so when I'm making, when I'm showing ways to have elbows and create space, then the space is for me to be awesome, fabulous, but also like fall flat on my face, like, oh, honey you want to give me this space because I'm going to do something crazy and I'm going to fall on my butt right now. So give me five feet. Yeah. Right. Then other people go, that's the rules around here. I'm like, yeah, those are the rules. We just give each other elbow room, little bit of sh- like, you know, sharp elbows. And then we space out and then you get to experiment and then you fall on your face, but we're all right here. So we'll just pick you up too, man. No problem.
0: So let's make this. Oh, l- I to like double clip twice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell us some stories about practically you using sharp elbows. And I want you to start off with like some examples of you doing it for you, and then we'll get Mm -hmm. you to share some about you doing it for others.
1: Okay. So some of it, and this isn't all going to be work context. I'm going I'd like to use um, my son in particular, right? Because I'm a mom really first and foremost. And He does have a disability, and so I'm always having these conversations about his disability and what that might look like with schools. And so creating sharp elbows with with those teams, like school educators, and sometimes they'll have the lawyer present because this is all federally regulated. Sometimes a sharp elbow looks like this. I just want you all to know that I'm a very nice person, but I'm not. And when it comes to my son... I will stand in a way that you will find unrecognizable and I won't move. I just want you to know I will be reasonable and I will work with you, but I know the law and I will not be moved. From here, we can now have this discussion.
0: But I'm and not there's, go ahead. And, and so, from that, what I extrapolate, Alia, is that part of using sharp elbows. Is that unwavering commitment, yeah, to a thing you will stand for? Correct. And I I, I struggle with that even and of myself. Like, mm-hmm. what are the things that I will unwaveringly stand for? Um, and so I'm in the same way. I didn't know what shift left was several months ago, right? Like, I don't know as though everybody knows. So I really, it's like, I invite you, like maybe now's the time to hit pause on the episode and journal for a couple minutes or if oh, you're yeah. out on your walk listening to it, just hit pause and go reflect. Yeah. What are those things in your life that you will stand for mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt? Yeah. What What are other Examples. Other
1: things are like when I'm with a client, I, I'm i often in coaching mode, but I'm also in consulting mode. But first and foremost, I'm a practitioner of the human mind and spirit. Mm. And so what I will tell them is, look, I will let you find your way. This is your transformation journey. However, there are going to be times when I will stand up and say something And I am going to create space. So for instance, recently, there was this notion in a client that um, project managers are fungible and they could become a scrum master. And I said, so I'm going to stop us. And as I have promised you, I am going to tell you what you're doing to the project managers is not okay This is not the same discipline. You are taking away their efficacy and not replacing it with anything. And so I I asked them to hit pause. I unpacked that with them, was very firm and said, look, I can't witness this because you're you're critical, like people might lose their job and that type of thing. I said, we don't. This is us creating this. And I promised you I would step in. And so that to me is another way of creating space for my own voice because it really was me as a person speaking. Or I've seen where um, there was some criticism about, um, some things said about uh, someone of color. And I stopped the conversation and I said, look guys, I'm really uncomfortable with this as a person. Right, that person wasn't in the room. I don't have to create space for them, but my own ethics got challenged. And I said, I'm not okay. I'm not okay, can we do this differently? Like I'm not trying to be difficult. But I'm, I'm just not okay with this. So to me, those are places where they're sharp elbows. Or I'm also in sales. And so sometimes it's saying, I've and I have literally just said this straight up, dude, do not steal my sale. That is my sale. Back off. <laughs> you know? And my brand is a little bit with levity, but that's really who I am. And they're like, but I'm not trying to steal. I'm like, dude, you totally are. Like, look at these things. This is what you're doing. Like, if you do that, I'm going to have a freaking come apart. Right. And so I'm, and they're like, I hadn't even thought of that that way. I'm like,
0: I know, but no. There is, there's an aspect of radical candor in this. Oh, yeah. Right? And maybe not in the way like the book Radical Candor defines it, but there is a just like state your intent, reveal what you're seeing. Like, yeah make it more transparent and allow that to be the thing from where everything else emerges. That's correct. When, tell us one of those stories where you use sharp elbows and you did fall down. Oh man. I think I try to, I try
1: to forget. I wish y'all could things. see your face right
0: now, by the way. I know people can't, I know they're only listening to this, but I wish people could have just seen your face.
1: I Tell me more about that. What about that? Was so
0: it, was, it was just this like, Oh, like the, it was, oh, it, I make up that it was almost like a reliving of the fall <laughs> <laughs> or the feeling of falling. And it's like, oh, I'm going to have to go here again. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I'll, yes, I will go there. Sometimes I f- try to forget those things. That's, I have a bit of a Pollyanna sometimes, uh, a way of looking at life. Well, so there was one job where... um we had a shift in leadership and the woman who was jockeying and vying to take over that person's role was not qualified. And I knew it would all fall on me and I would be just totally screwed. So I went to the VP and said, look, she's not right. Blah, 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 blah. And um, he ended up taking that back to her. And so like that chick fight thing happened and I was released from that, that role. I was, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. Oh, no, for real. But at least I, I spoke up. Like, I didn't betray myself. Yeah. And frankly, that that woman quit. I mean, bad things happened on that team. I won't go into it after very tragic things. But she was gone. I think she either got fired or she left within six months. It was too much. And sometimes it's a, it's the difference between am I going to stand up for me? Or betray myself. Like, what am I going to do? And I mean, if my life and my livelihood, not my livelihood, but if if I was starving to death and couldn't live on a McDonald's salary, then I would possibly make different decisions. But, you know, I don't. And um, not that I work at McDonald's, but it's, it's a, I've taken big risks to speak up. I've taken very big risks and... Um, you know there's yeah. there's
0: there's a thread in the stories that you're sharing that even though they were about creating space for your own voice mm-hmm. it was a voice that was in service of others did you notice that in your I stories know. as well
1: yeah i think you're right yeah and that's i think that that's what the feminine does in general mm-hmm. is it I mean, that's why they call, I I believe that's why they call collaborative uh, uh, leadership styles more of the feminine type leadership style. It doesn't mean there shouldn't be masculine. There are absolutely times when I'm like, no, we're not doing that too bad. You will write those scripts. It's just is what it is. You know, yeah. I can be as masculine as the next person. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give another example that's personal where um, in relationship, uh, as I'm co-creating a relationship with somebody, I'll say, here are the things that I'm not going to do. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna entertain defensiveness. I'm not going to entertain this and this. And I will, um, I will walk away from a conversation if we get into this place. And I actually really do. I'll just be like, I, I literally say, I will not have this conversation with you. I will continue to listen, so I'm not rude and walk away. But I'm, I'm done because we're not actually talking about content now. We're just fighting some weird historical fight that I don't actually know what we're doing. Like,
0: yeah.
1: So there are times when I'm literally creating space for myself that is like, I'm just simply not going to emotionally go there with you. And I'm not trying to be mean. Yeah. But, or I'm having a come apart. I, I've i said to my-, my I love that trainer,
0: phrase, by the way. I'm having huh? a come apart. You've used Why it a couple of times. I love that phrase.
1: Because I have the right, like, but what's beautiful with a come apart is when you clutch in, you can now shift gears. So it allows me. So I, I'll be like- I am so angry today. I am in such a foul mood. Sharp elbows, great. Like, everybody leave me alone. You need to cook for me. I'm going into timeout. I will be out in a half hour. Like, I do not talk to me. Make sure I'm fed and just leave me alone. But I want to, no, mm nope, I am not okay. I have yeah. got to go into timeout. And I literally say timeout.
0: Well, there, there's another side of that, that that I think also can show up. Um, and I'm curious how you would frame this in the context of your mental model of Sharp Elbows, serving as a product owner for a team that's working on what I believe is a transformative way for us to think about professional development as agilists. Mm -hmm. And one of the team members asked me at the beginning of like, how are you today? And my response was, I'm really weepy, Mm. right? And just stating that out loud, they the interactions with the team that day during that working session were very different. Mm-hmm. I didn't have, I could show up. Right. And keep the weepiness with me. I didn't have to go put it in a box. Right. And so while that doesn't sound like a sharp elbows sort of thing, the underlying metaphor or the, not a metaphor, but the underlying kind of concepts is like it's giving the space to show up however you need to show up. That's correct. So with sharp elbows, right? When we're
1: looking at it, you think I'm kind of doing a plank pose or plank yeah. pose and pushing yeah. those hands out. There's this there's like a, you know, the red rubber balls that we use for dodgeball, mm-hmm. right? I could hold that between my hands and my chest. There's space. I'm creating space for me to show up and not vomit on you.
0: Yeah, I I just I find you've done the position a couple yeah. times with your hands. And I just finally did it for the first time myself. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just I'm reminded of uh, the movie Dirty Dancing. Mm. And the scene where um, Johnny's teaching baby to dance and he's like, you need like, you know, this is my dance space. That's your dance space and like how you hold that and that you don't need spaghetti arms.
1: Mm, yes. Right?
0: This is this is like I'm holding my dance frame. Yeah. And that together in this structure, as we link right. up as partners, gives us the space and the discipline and the rigor right. for beautiful and flowing dance. Yes. Which then further reminds me of how we talk about the best, highest performing agile teams have the discipline and the rigor. Yep. And make it all happen. That agile is not this thing you do with spaghetti arms. Correct. Which I think is, I'm going to use that as a way to like, let's bring this all home. Let's really kind of let the learning of this land with people and how it works in service of agility. Mm-hmm. So why, why is this hard? For oh people? Gosh. it's
1: hard because from a societal perspective, not everybody has the privilege to take space, verbal space, space at a table you know, you don't, you don't have the right to.
0: Yeah. And why do you think it's important to, to work on that when knowing that it's hard? We have big problems and they are bigger.
1: In the last six months, they just got bigger and they got Mm -hmm. more visible. And if we have the same voices speaking up in the room, we will solve these things in the same way. Yeah. I need your voice as uncomfortable as it may make you to, 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 To give it, and it may make me uncomfortable to have it. I need you to create space for your voice so I can solve the problems with you in a different way.
0: Yeah, it. This reminds me of a conversation for another Wea podcast episode that I've recently done with Cheryl Hammond, Mm. um, as well as is a conversation I was engaging in with somebody the other day. They're like, "So, what are you seeing new in the Agile world?" And I said, "I don't know, as though if I'm seeing anything new, but I want to make." Empiricism new again. I want to make that first word of the man, like, first line of that manifesto, we are uncovering new ways. I want to make that new again. Because, Alia, what you were pointing to is we are relying on the ways that we've just always done it as agilists Mm -hmm. and the complexity that we are navigating and dealing with in this world today mandate something new. Correct. Correct. This is important world work which means it's
1: important me work because mm. I am asking the world to be different and the world is in me. I breathe the air that everyone else does and I eat the food someone else created.
0: Yeah, it's, it's how you talked about your son. And correct. he goes, but mama, we are creating, or he goes, I, you are teaching me and showing me the way to be in this world. And if right. we don't do it differently, how will the generation behind us ever correct—ever have a hope?
1: And that is hard work. When I am elbowing the ghosts of Christmas past, it is yeah. frightening. And it is scary. And thank God for my male and female allies who say, no, go, Alia, you can do this. And I'm like, but I'm having a panic attack. And they say to me, and I do say that, but we're right here. Yeah. I'm
0: right here. Go be." Why is this fundamental to us as Agilists? And how how do you Call us forward. Yeah. To do this work. Because it's like sneaky, sneaky, catchy monkey.
1: We are in front of CIOs, CEOs, CTOs, and in front of teams, and we can heal that family of origin work by giving them a space to do it differently and to show them how to do it differently, how they can feel it, right? We have unprecedented preacher like access to teams and executives as they're looking to transform. We're we are like the rabbi or the muezin or like we have that kind of access and influence. Yeah. yeah. Sneaky sneaky catchy monkey.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> sneaky sneaky catchy money, monkey. That's a great phrase. I still love from good friend. <laughs> what um Final thoughts on this topic before we wrap up today because there's a couple other things I just want to ask you about sure um join me you know do it
1: it's hard find your allies I get it but I need your voice and I need to learn to be uncomfortable and I need to be more comfortable with creating space I'd love to see more examples so I need you
0: yeah thank you for that invitation We all need us. Yeah, we do. do. And so I I love, Alia, to kind of close with the question of inspiration Mm. for listeners, right? Um, What is it you're doing for your own professional growth? What are you geeking out on? What might other people find fascinating that they want to go lean into themselves? Yeah, so I'm really focused on actionable diversity and inclusion.
1: I come from a, a... Israeli Jew and uh, uh, Lebanese Muslim background and I've always wondered how they could get along uh, and they they didn't and it's a, a theme for me so now is the time for this actionable diversity and inclusion what does it look like what's an action every day I could take that changes the game to include a voice I'm uncomfortable with so I'm really exploring all kinds of cultural things and wondering, like watching myself as I'm uncomfortable. So I'm, I'm watching my own reactions to, to discomfort.
0: Yeah. I, um, is parallel processing, right? You oh, are yeah. right. Which there is, you got to do your own work to be, even yeah. get to the place where you can parallel process, yep. right. Which sounds so anti-agile. Cause we think about whip of one, like, why would I want to parallel process? Mm-hmm. But that ability to be in the moment, mm-hmm. Right, and noticing what's going on with yourself yeah. at the same time, yeah, is the kind of parallel processing I'm really referring to. Yeah. and that is great. You, like that means people need to be geeking out on like how to build your own self awareness. Yeah, how to how to kind of short circuit the way your brain works and start thinking slower, mm-hmm. which is so hard and not just slow. Mentioned-
1: yeah yes. you have to be very non-judgmental and blameless yep. and I would recommend fish oil and high protein shakes because it's it's a it's exhausting mentally to be yeah. both the participant and the observer and then in your really own life on that in your own life there's I have a whole yeah. post-it note wall because I can't keep track I just yeah um, but that's me. I'll probably do that till I die.
0: Yeah I love it. Anything else you want to share with us today, alia?
1: No, I mean thank you for listening and 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 do it, you know, do it. We need you, we need the feminine in a generative way to heal us. Just yeah. like a flower does or the water or a sunset. So yeah,
0: absolutely. That's all thank you for being here. Absolutely. I so greatly appreciate it. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. We bring it to you from the Women in Agile nonprofit organization and Accenture Solutions IQ. Uh, As always, I hope you've learned something new. Please go out and tell a friend or a coworker about the podcast. Go over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform of choice to leave us a rating and review. And you can always go to womeninagile.org to learn more about our initiatives and find additional inspiring podcast conversations. Thanks again for being here, Alia, today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks for listening to this Women in Agile podcast episode. Find more inspiring conversations by visiting slash podcast, checking out the podcast series on iTunes, or visiting your podcast application of choice. If you have an idea for a topic, speaker, or feedback on an episode, please reach out to us via email through podcast at womeninagile.org.